The wildest thing that ever happened to me was starting an agency at 22 years old with a bunch of 22 year olds, not really understanding the fact that what that would bring is hangovers, you know, <laughs> things happening in the bathroom, overflown toilets, just crazy stuff within your girlfriend showing up, you know, that they met on social media that, you know, they stood him up for a date and they found him on there. And, you know, even to the point where I think that Call Me Maybe was like a big song. And as a joke, one of my team members put that up on our billboard of, State Farm at Sudica call me maybe. And we actually had people calling us maybe not just for insurance reasons. Not a ton of crazy stuff happened in the old insurance side, but that was some wild fun times. And you know, with that, uh, I'm Matt Sudica. I'm out of Florida. I work with Obi and I'm an insurance dude. Insurance dudes are on a mission to escape being handcuffed by our agencies. How? By uncovering the secrets to creating a predictable, consistent, and profitable agency sales machine. I am Craig Pretzinger. I am Jason Feldman. We are agents. We are insurance agents. Boom! Boom! Yeah. I like that in the series of crazy things of the 22-year-olds, there was crazy things happened in the bathroom, comma, all the toilets were overflowing. So there's like, that wasn't part of the crazy stuff happening in the bathroom. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I don't have to deal with State Farm compliance anymore. Uh, so I can probably tell you a little bit more than, you know, what the, the real stuff. But you know, it's like, I wish I had the lady driving through the window to pay her premium or some crazy, you know, things happening. Uh, ours was more just the wildness of having young people, you know, because I had 20, 30 people right out of college and just the individual day-to-day -day stuff from how we would leave to do this at work and, and just the, none of them I think had parents or that they, or they remember <laughs> they were brought up by parents and not by like wolves. <laughs> um, and so it was just like our version of this, like boiler room meets Wolf of Wall Street. And that was my early State Farm days. So in theory, it was very wild, not as much like a crazy individual, you know, one scenario. It was just this was everyday life that it was ran like no other uh, agency out there. And it's 100% the reason why it's, you know, State Farm might want to consider not giving a 22 year old an agency again. <laughs> <laughs> so. You know, I had a friend in high school who crashed his car through the front door of a bakery in broad daylight. He wasn't drunk. It was just like, he said he'd lost control of his car. He never explained exactly what happened, but the one thing that he says, and I hope he's, it's true, but it doesn't really matter. He said that he got out of the car after he crashed through the thing and he walked up to the counter and said, I'll take a dozen donuts after he had smashed through there. It is crazy, you know, just like, you know, elaborating on, I, I'm now, I'm now I'm thinking through this a little bit, jogging is, you know, I had one day I show up and, and I'm getting photos of social media because I, I bought a bunch of smart cars because I thought it was cool to have my, because you had to go take inspections of the homes, right? And this wasn't the only time, but the funniest one was getting these photos where one of my team members had apparently parked the Matt Sudica State Farm smart car at a gentleman's club uh, <laughs> and left it overnight because apparently he had, I don't know, I guess too many beverages or whatever. Uh, and so that was posted all over my social media, our, our State Farm account. It wasn't uh, a laughing matter in the moment, but, uh, you know, definitely. And I, I wish that was the only time, the amount of times I got photos uh, because of these cars, because my team was supposed to, you know, uh, drive them appropriately. And again, they were 22 years old out of college. So they were always left at a bar, you know, on the side of the road with a boot on them. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, always is something. So, uh, yeah, don't buy, don't buy a bunch of smart cars, uh, because you know, you, you want, uh, 
to force your team to go take pictures of homes and uh, they all complain that they either don't have a car or they uh, don't want to pay for gas. So in theory, it seemed like a good idea. That's so funny. That's a great story right there. The the strip club, of course. Isn't it ironic <laughs> that it's called a gentleman's club? I, right. you know, I, I think the to... last people you see in there are gentlemen. I, I mean, I from they... what you've told me, Jason. I think that they say that so that, hoping that it influences the people that come in there. It's an act. So they have a different avatar than who is actually attending, (laughs) but they're trying to create a message to market match, or they're trying to create a market for that. Yeah. Right. The gentlemen aren't going to go. I want you to act gentlemanly while while you're there. Okay. Um, I see that. You know, (laughs) uh, I think it's, you know, just the uh, nice word for someone like me who didn't know uh, if we needed to be PC with the audience or not uh, throughout what was happening. (laughs) So Matt, I want to hear the story. How did you get into insurance? with state farm and everything. And then how did you get to where you're at today? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, dad, uh, 40 year state farm agents, a pretty simple story. Uh, uncle state farm agents all up in Michigan. I was recruited simply their sales leader. I don't know what they call them now, but they're, you know, district manager, whatever you want to call them had moved from Michigan down to Indianapolis. He wanted to kind of blow things up. So he wanted to do a youth movement. I get a call from him because he met my dad in a convention out in Las Vegas. He's like, I want your, you know, I want to grow this thing with 22 year olds or people right out of school. I don't want uh, the typical way State Farm used to do is like, go get your nose bloody and then, you know, get married, have kids. And then we'll give you an office because they wanted you to have experience. He thought the opposite. He wanted the gentleman's club, the Red Bulls, the, the, you know, bathroom overflows. He wanted that boiler room, internet lead mafia type of uh, atmosphere. So he was happy to, you know, bring on people that kind of had that energy. So that's why I started, uh, did that for about four or five years. I uh, was pretty fortunate to be there. Uh, pretty much their top new office. And then like a top 20 overall office in the country, you know, we were just blowing it up. I won't go into my PL because uh, at that time I was still 22 and I didn't understand that you got to be like profitable and all that stuff. Uh, I just knew like, here's how I write this much to make this trip happen and, you know, win this prize and, you know, win a plaque that I had to pay for anyways, you know, things like that. That transitioned once I realized, you know, wow, I built a pretty good book here and I don't actually own it. I can't sell it. You know, uh, what do I want to do? I'm like 25, 26. So met some uh, individuals uh, up in Chicago uh, that uh, were involved with Century 21, the real estate company. Talked to them. Long story short, they wanted me to come build them an insurance company company to basically convert the uh, homeowners uh, of the realtors right at the time of sale to a homeowner's product. And so I built from scratch uh, an independent agency up there in Chicago. Uh, this was 2017. Uh, through that, got into real estate, got into insure tech because I started to dislike the length of time it took me to get a quote or the fact that I couldn't just connect the dots. So you know, I started to work with some of the insure tech uh, carriers to see if I could access them from a, as a broker. And, you know, in 2017, we, we probably all remember that a lot of these insure techs at that point were not very broker friendly. Uh, so I was trying to break that mold of, you know, getting in there and, and representing the IA space and letting them know, hey, you know, like you have good products that are instant, like, you know, have me good over there. And then flash forward uh, through that real estate journey and that tech journey led me to OB, which is kind of a combination of the both. And I came onto OB to um, help really in that IA channel. Uh, we just launched about 30 days ago in that space. You know, we're very active. Uh, we're not completely openly where we're uh, agency only, but um, we are partners and independent agent channels. So we're pretty heavy into the IA space. And um, at heart, that's what I still am, um, is, uh, is an IA broker and, or agent, whatever you want to call yourself. And uh, that's my journey. Super cool. That's great. Um, 
What would you say was the earliest win? When did you really get the taste where you were like, ah, oh, I love this? I know that it was crazy when it was Wolf of Wall Street. Like, was that the excitement? Was, was it that kind of thing? Or what was it? For me, I can, I can remember exactly. I was never great at sports, but I always had to beat my brother, even if I think I had to like <laughs> lie about it or cheat or like push him down. You know, so for me, I've always been ridiculously competitive. Going through it, I started, I just wanted to be like my dad, you know, make six figures, never miss a soccer game. That's what I thought I was starting. And I had no clue if I was going to be good, bad, or otherwise at my state farm. But I remember getting the call uh, about three months in, there's this ranking they have for new agents, right, where they rank you. And uh, I got the call and I was going to have our first ranking out and I came out number two. Um, and I believe at that point was really when it clicked for me that like, I love this and I want, I'm addicted to, you know, the success of it and, you know, the rankings and State Farm does a really good job of like pumping you up, like uh, to give them credit, they should help you more on running a business and a P&L and profitability and all these other things. But what they really do get you is excited to go out and write app count and like crush some, crush some policies. And so that was a turning point for me. And then once we debuted number two, and then the next month we moved to number one, uh, from there, I, I've just never lost this, like want to be at the top, like and be competitive and, you know, and really a space. And at that point I knew that my journey was bigger than just, you know, uh, make some money, never miss a soccer game and uh, really haven't looked back. Super cool. I'm glad you made it to number one because we know what Ricky Bobby says about number two. That's true. Yeah, just a brief sprint there at number two. Yeah. Just first brief, loser. You can't be first sprint. loser. Yeah. I didn't, no. I didn't want to, you know, overachieve that much. And, you know, <laughs> I had, to, you know I had, to, had to start humble, you know? There you go. You guys have an internal channel as well right now with your agency, absolutely. right? Describe yeah, yeah, your we have a, in, in the roles. Yeah, absolutely. So OBs, give or take about 80, 90 employees overall. Um, over on the insurance brokerage side, we have about 20, 30 that are, uh, working in a, in a Costco type model, right. Where we have, um, all of our normal brokerage carrier relations that we're helping place business for our clients. Um, alongside that, we've been building our Kirkland brand, which is going to be our one to four unit instant product that we are actually the, the MGA on. So we have the internal brokerage. We do a lot of things that a lot of other IAs are doing in the space as far as, you know, writing business through general carriers. And then we also have ours and really ours is built out of necessity. We found that the, uh, the rental space in our industry really needed more, more, forget the tech for a second, like just needs more capacity, right? Like needs more options. Home auto is just littered, right? Like there's a new carrier coming on the scene every day, but in the rental space, there's just very few true one to four unit, like true commercial. So our biggest thing is just, I needed it as a broker. Like I was writing this space. So that really is what started us on the journey of getting into it. And then we've added a little tech just to make it, you know, a, a nicer uh, experience or quicker process more so we could help some prop tech companies on the embedded side. But yeah, pound for pound, I, I see us really as just adding capacity to the rental space and, and selfishly to the internal brokerage alone. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting you bring up tech and, you know, what's the big buzzword right now is AI. Yeah, your chat GBT and all that kind of stuff out there. How do you see, like, it's interesting launching into an environment where tech is becoming king. Do you see that there's a lot of hope for the agent moving forward with the tech or is the tech going to be an adversary? Right? Are, are we going to be buying from robots? No, I mean, not for me, right? Like, so if you paint me with the brush, I am like team IA channel you know, that happens to be in the insure tech space. I, I don't think so. I think it's that, you know, it's like 83% of, or whatever the number is of business is still wrote by a broker or an agent, at least for us in OB, we're not trying to change that stat. 
we just want of that 83%, instead of them writing it with travelers or writing it with NRIG or whoever it would be, right, to write it with with OB. So we're we're not trying to take away the, I always call it the Tom Sawyer opportunity to paint in the fence. We're just trying right. to maybe give some better paint, you know, that dries quicker and maybe costs less or, you know, or whatever, or just give more opportunity for, you know, really in the rental space, if uh, your viewers are writing in that space, they know right now it's not even as much of like, what does it cost? It's like, can you get coverage in a lot of areas in the United States? So we personally think that we're just trying to provide better tech to the broker. They already have the business. So we have no reason to not want to work with instead of work against. And Mm -hmm. I think for brokers, I don't know what's going to happen with Mars and technology in general anyways, as far as like the human race, like, you know, we're getting more and more into our phones and less being able to have a conversation. But I think that it's going to be a long time before brokers, you know, aren't important. Really, it's the same journey I was on as a broker is what the journey we're on as an an insured tech is this hybrid thing between broker and insured tech, the channel of brokers have the business insured techs have maybe a faster, more efficient process to get policies in front of clients and combining that. So that's that's where we sit. I'm sure that you ask other people in tech, yeah, they're trying to AI drive everything away. I just think we're a long ways from that. Same with uh, driving cars. There's some people who are totally fine with the uh, auto drive cars, but oh, we're probably great. a long time away from uh, you know a gas station shutting down, right? So that's kind of how I feel in the same in the insurance space. Unless you're in California. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. True. Very true. You just bought that truck. What do you you need to get an you're gonna have to have electric pretty soon. Me? Yeah. No way, no. man. Okay. It's like yeah. 20 years or something, right? Oh, that, is it a, it's out. That's prime example, right? 20 years. It's like, all right, you know. And and again, it's it's hard to predict much longer than 10 or 20 years, maybe even in this day and age, five years, right? So it's like, do I see the broker going out or technology taking over for them anytime soon? No. And and I don't think there really needs to be. I think the the really the fix is the fact that we need to get rid of like paper apps and three-week processes to get a quote and you know, archaic right. stuff. I, I don't think the broker has to go. I think brokers are good people and they already have the clients. How about captive agents? How do you see technology yeah. affecting captive? I think that a lot of those captive carriers are going to have to get creative. Um, I personally, what I think is going to happen is a lot of acquisitions. Uh, selfishly, I hope it happens for us, maybe. Um, but I think the state farms and the other, you know, captive carriers, what they're going to need to do is decide. You know, for years they were like, "Hey, we're going to go into banking and mutual funds and all this stuff," right? Because they could, because they they were big and dominant. I think they're going to tighten and realize that they got to concentrate on home and auto or whatever there it is. And I think uh, State Farm acquires OB to be their, you know, their rental arm and they're going to bring in tech that way. Right. For, you hear that State and, Farm? This is an offer. He's putting it on offer. the table. Uh, we'll sell right now. like $5 billion. You Ryan. only have five minutes to make your decision. That's uh, Aaron and Ryan for <laughs> evaluation. But that's uh, $5 billion, Yeah. You know, and lunch. I think okay. they got to buy lunch. Sushi? Sushi, you know, um, burger. I, I'm a simple farm kid at heart. But, you know, just, <laughs> okay. you know, as long as you're buying, I'm probably eating. So. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think that is, you know, really what I see for those captive is they're going to need to get into the tech space for their agents, or they're going to need to provide their agents more opportunities. Cause I think they, that their agents and their brokers are good people and, uh, should stay. It's just that if they're not giving them the tools, you know, just like someone myself, like you're going to outgrow the captive. You can't just like my dad hang your shingle anymore. So I really hope the captives, like I, I want them to survive, right? Like personally. So I'm hoping that the, a lot of these captives who have a crazy good balance sheet, able to acquire some companies. That's how they get into the tech for their agents. And again, I think it's a win-win, right? Like you want to 
have OB wrote by 18,000 state farm agents, I would love that, you know, connection, right? Like, I think that our space should think more as like, how can you be more Dropbox than like competition, right? Like, how can we, you know, work together to ultimately write more business in an efficient way, better for the client, things like that. And less like, hey, I'm going to take $10 from you so someone can take $10 from me. Our industry over the last 10 years, 15 years has been about discounts and saving money. I yeah. really think that the next is efficiencies, technology, and how do we gain clients that way, right? Like, how do we provide better services? Sure, we'll save them money here and there along the way, and it'll be better, but we don't need to do the 15 minutes to save 10% anymore, right? right. Like, that's kind of on its way out. Yeah. Well, all they've done with this, with that whole thing is compress the margins and then there's nothing to work with. So then they have to have a life company and mutual funds, and all this stuff to pay for yep. the company. But it's like now they're getting rid of that. So yeah. they have to increase margins, right? Yep, absolutely. So I think you're going to see a lot more insure tech to insure tech partnerships, you know, forming, you know, because they're not going to want to, you know, an auto carrier might not want to go into workers comps and so they might say, hey, pie, like, you know, what's uh, let's go. I think you're going to see farmers again. I'll just always use OB as an example. I think farmers calling OB up and saying, Hey, for our agents, let's give them an OB contract from the rental side. You know, I, I think you're going to see a lot more of that happening. Selfishly, I hope it does. And realistically, I think it's the smart uh, way to go forward. It's interesting though, because at least on the captive side, I can speak to that they're very scarcity mindset about their stuff, right? Like, Hey, this is my stuff. Don't touch it. And you don't get any pivoting from that thinking to a Elon Musk open, you know, Hey, look at here's the plans of the Tesla, you can make your own, right? Like it's a very, very wide gap. Yeah. They, they just, you know, again, it, it used to work, right? Because it used to be so hard to switch. It used to be so hard to move. So, you know, I always stay farm an apology because I'll just keep picking on it here, but I actually deep down inside love them. I'm very thankful for what they've done for my family. So, uh, you know, make sure that's, that's known here, but yeah, their one-on-one training is multi-line, get as many policies as you can. Like you'll never lose the business, right? Because they think of this method of like, once you're so in deep, like someone, it's it's too painful to switch. Well, that's not really a thing anymore, right? Like people right. are going. So, you know, that method doesn't really work as much anymore where, you know, you can be kind of fat and sassy and say, hey, like, I don't really need to work with others or do different things like that because on my multi-line book, we got a 95% retention ratio and it's not going in there. And if I have a life policy, it's 97. Like that just doesn't exist anymore. Not when, because it used to be that life was hard to get or a lot of people didn't do the multi-line, you know, uh, everyone's doing that now. Right. And, you know, realistically, I, I used to say with my uh, state farm all the time, I would have maybe still be a state farm agent if they would have just given me like maybe let's call it three or four strategic contracts, right? So I have my main state farm and maybe there's a rule where I got to run it through them first or something, but give me like a substandard auto, maybe give me a, like a next insurance, I don't know, or something, you know, give me a couple things that state farm didn't really do well. Like I was a rental and apartment guy. State Farm at the time wouldn't write those to save their life. If the premium should be around 100, they were at a million, right? Like give me a couple contracts there, maybe one wholesaler contract with an Amwins or something. And it's good, right? 90% of my business still goes to State Farm. I do 10%. And that's my book outside my book that I eventually bring back into State Farm as, you know, things change, you know, et cetera. So personally, that's where I would like to see a lot of them go. And I think a lot of them will need to, um, or they're going to have to downside their agency force. It's going to go from, you know, 18,000 down to 4,000 because you're just probably probably not going to be able to compete the same way uh, you did, not with the independent agents. That's the other thing too, is the captive agents used to have better technology, better training. They used to be ahead. It used to be so hard to be an independent agent, right? And I'm not saying mm. it's not hard to be an independent agent, but the independent channel has caught up, if not surpassed with their ability to do things independently. 
they actually, I think, maybe have even, you know, like I said, surpassed the captive because they've been constantly battling to get better, constantly bringing in things to help their agency. And the captive has been like that. So you know, that's my thought process there. Yeah. And the tech, I mean, speaking from experience with the tech, it just, it's declined, you know, like as insure techs have developed amazing products um, and amazing services, amazing methods to deliver and beat the competition. You know, many carriers have not kept up with that, right? Or many of the captive carriers. Yep. I won't name any names and certainly not the one I'm with. The majority just have it, right? Like, and they continue to build on top of what they already have instead of creating something new. So it just is interesting what's going to happen with those. Yeah. Guys. And to be honest with you, like selfishly, I don't think there's any insurance company that I don't like, right? Like, I guess I should throw that out there. Like, I love the insurance space and other brokers and other carriers. I just like, I just can't help but think that, you know, these big captives, they have great policies, right? And it's just like, if they could bring in some technology or bring in just a couple things, they could still dominate for another hundred years, right? Like it still be very big players, but you know, you, you do eventually have to go from square wheels to round wheels to driverless cars. Like you do have to adapt. It It's not negative. It's just, you know, we no longer do flip phones even. We're touch, you know, like, you do have to move, but gosh, they have such a great opportunity if they can continue to move or partner or bring technology in because they really do have good, strong business models, fundamentals, probably cash rich, uh, the whole nine. They have a good agency force. They probably have some of the better brokers who have been around for a long time or agents like they have a lot going for them. So like they really do still have the forefront. Like I always hear on Shark Tank anytime there's a lot of times there's a good idea you'll hear like Mr. Wonderful or someone be like, well, why doesn't the big guy just replicate that and do that? And that's kind of still like my, I always think anytime I see this new thing in the insure tech space, I'm always like, all right, you know, a captive or someone could probably do this if they wanted to. They already have the distribution. They already have the the funds and the, the clients, right? Like they just got to have the want and maybe just get out of that mentality of like how it's always been. What do you think um, all of that going on? Where's the competitive advantage for the agents what, that you see like moving forward? Yeah. So I think the competitive is partnerships, right? I think, and how you're accessing the agents, right? So growing up, uh, how you access clients was hanging your shingle. Uh, maybe you're the person in town, maybe you're the, you know, on the local chamber of commerce and people came to you, right? Because of how things went. Then it was the age of like, I'm going to somewhat get in front of people with uh, technology through social and internet leads and everything like that. Uh, event marketing, right? And now I think we need to be where people are already at, right? So instead of thinking about how do I access the homeowner, it's like, how do I access a partnership where the homeowner or the person who owns an auto uh, policy is already like working with, right? Like, how do I get in as an agent with, um, I don't know, the, you know, of course, the lenders and realtors, that's, you know, one-on-one, everyone's like, you know, get with them. But how do I get into... Chase, how do I get into everybody's logging into their local soccer club, you know, website? How do I advertise within there? You know, the easiest example is like everyone goes into Amazon. Like, how do I get into Amazon, you know, and be on the right hand side with a a homeowner's quote, right? So I, I think the next step in the evolution is really working with partners. And even if it's not through technology, even if it's still, you know, grab the phone or meet in person, but really finding those partners who are already found your client. And the reason why I like partnerships more than anything is insurance is very simple. How people come to you is how they leave you, right? If they came through an internet lead, they'll leave through an internet lead. 
came through Google, they probably leave through. If you start to double layer those relationships, right, where they come through you, like, why do we like realtors and lenders? It's because you have that double layer. They come to the realtor who they also like, and then they come to you or they come to the lender and they come to you. So meaning that they have to leave that realtor or lenders relationship to also leave you, right? So really that's what I would concentrate uh, on there. And the way to help these partnerships out is a lot of them are dying for time too, right? And efficiencies. And so you used to uh, call up a, a lending institution and say, hey, I can provide you quotes really fast or I'll come down there and provide you quotes or whatever. You know, what if you could just for your, you know, um, now just provide the, the processor and a whole lending institution, your landing page, uh, where they could just quote homeowner policies in 30 seconds and add them on for their closing. And you're the one that sets that up and, and helps out with that and answers any questions, right? You can actually help them build their business compared to like offering them like, you know, $10 and a couple donuts, you know, once a month, you know, for like, thank you for the business. You can actually find a way to use insurance to help grow their business. And I think that's what people should concentrate on or what I would concentrate on in a brokerage land is like, how do I help the people that I want to introduce me grow their business? And then I'll get all the leads uh, and opportunities that I need.